Hi everyone and welcome to Different Pieces, Different Places. I'm Carol Schwiebert. I'm Sherry McNary. And we're here with guest star Brian Allen. Hi Brian. Hi Brian, welcome. <laughs> welcome Thank to the you. show. Let's give you an official cheers yes. this morning. Over our delicious Happy brunch. Happy brunch it's everyone. Saturday brunch like nothing else. It's exactly. beautifully done French toast casserole and quiche. I'm very excited. Well thanks delicious. for coming. We're so excited to have you. Yes. I'm excited to be here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing today? Yeah. So, um, Carol graciously approached me a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, do you want to be a guest on our podcast? And I was like, absolutely. Um, she said, you can do whatever you want. And so I really just ran with that. And Brian, wait, 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 wait. You're the first Guest star, mm -hmm. like you are the first on our podcast. <laughs> I literally feel so this honored. I know it's a big deal. It's, it's a, a really big deal. deal. Like I don't know how I moved to the front of the line in front of other people. I think maybe it's because you sent us like a twelve hundred word essay about what you wanted to talk about that like was actually so deeply moving and funny. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, heartfelt. I. Yeah, I had that up on my screen at work, like double screens, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so I, Carol's like, pick a topic, and I was like, well, need to figure out a topic, and so then I emailed Carol and Sherry and said, this is what I want to do, and so the question that I came up with was, how did we get here? Which is so funny, because it's literally the first question that Sherry asked you, Carol, um, in your very first podcast episode. Crazy. I think yeah. we've asked ourselves that question many times mm -hmm. since then, right. too. Like, yeah. like, especially this morning when my app wasn't working and our guest star <laughs> had to, like, pull out his iPad and <laughs> using it. Like, how did we get here, you know? How did we get here? So, we're going to be talking about that in kind of a fun way. I want to take us through the history of fashion over the past decade in like the fastest way possible. It'll be pretty fun. Fun. I, have, I love it. I have a cute little fun trivia game for you and Sherry. I'm to excited. Play. Like I'm very excited for it. Brian, you are so well prepared for this. Yeah. I'm so I'm well looking, prepared. I'm looking at your laptop and you have an outline and, That's amazing. and notes and it's really amazing. I do have notes and um, in a podcast faux pas, I have some visuals <laughs> for you all to look at as well that go along with the uh, little trivia. So. It's not a faux pas. It's not at all. We have visuals too. For They're pointless. Okay, um, good. But yeah. we still have them. Exactly. I think we enjoy them. Yeah, we do. And we can talk about And if we're it, having so fun, that's the whole point. <laughs> that is the whole point. So, do you all have any corrections or updates? Oh, look, he, is, look, he knows more than us. I am on the schedule. Like, I, I get it. Dang. Um, no, we, we don't. Have, we have no corrections. We have nothing. Again, this is like two, two mm -hmm. podcasts in a row. We have no corrections. Well, I guess we have another cheers for that. Cheers, cheers for that. to no corrections. <laughs> Sending out great information into the world. Great information. It's debatable, but. I think it's lovely information. I'm a loyal friend of the podcast. I listen. Thank you. Every Thank you time so much. Episode comes out. That's so adorable. So, I love that. It is. Yeah. We have a fan. We weren't sure what You're to expect when we fan. started this whole yeah. thing. So that's really fun. You know what actually started as a joke? Mm -hmm. Like it was a complete joke that we would do this. I know. That's it really did. Cause, yeah, because he's listened to all the episodes, so he knows. Because that's what we do whenever we're in the office. It's, yeah, it's we joke around constantly. Ridiculousness. Yeah. Like, taking things too far. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah. That's what I was feeling about too. We're gonna turn it over to you. Really? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, are you guys ready for a fun little trivia? Yeah, okay. I'm ready. So, like I said, I am interested in how we got here today, the story of fashion's history yeah. to this point, right? And so, I thought I would ask us a couple of questions about some key moments in fashion's history over the past decade or so. Oh we're gonna, we're going the all the way back to the 18th. I can't So I okay. I said to Brian right before this like I bet I don't know any of the answers and oh, he goes he goes I bet you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I mean you would have to look for them in order to kind of think about them. Let's see how we do. So I also have to say this is not my knowledge. I got a lot of this knowledge from um, the Fashion Institute of Technologies. Um, beautiful website that they do. So shout out to FIT. I also took a history of fashion course at Denison cool. University, my alma mater. And uh, Google's a great friend. So yes, great. Yeah. All right. Are you all ready? Oh my god. I'm ready. <laughs> so I have the first question. We're going way back. What is the defining characteristic of the late Victorian eras? Women's fashion from the late 1880s to 1990, or I'm sorry, not 1990s, <laughs> 1900s. Isn't a. it like a, oh, sorry, it's no. multiple choice. Yes. Oh, oh I would are, say like oh, a bustle. Wow. A bustle. These are, these are good guesses. Okay. But I do have, they're all multiple choice. Okay, questions. great. That's should, awesome. I know, That's I should have told you that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So we get, yeah, so we get prompted for yeah. choices. That's even better. So A, monobism. B, mutton sleeves. C, the Aspen corset, or D, none Ooh, of the above. The corset is maybe... I'm thinking C, okay. the corset. The corset. Um, the cor so this is actually a trick question. Oh, what? what? That's crazy. The I know. first question's a trick? I know, I told you. Um, so it's actually a trick question. There's two right answers, but oh. there's a better right answer. Mm. So from the late 1880s to early 1900s, a lot of women's fashion was predicated on the mutton sleeves. And so the mutton... What is a mutton sleeve? I'm going to show you what a mutton sleeve is. Those ugly, like... Yes. Those... So in addition... Oh, no. Yes. Those are like those are like 1980s wedding dress sleeves. I have sleeves. that on my wedding dress. <laughs> you sure did. Which we'll talk about how fashion has reemerged in, oh, in yeah. various decades after. Oh, my so, goodness. So the other part of this... I was, love that. Right. The monobism is also part of mm. Victorian era fashion, but it was came into vogue prior to mm. the 1880s. So these are these like huge buffly billowy sleeves were a break from the previous simply monobism. The S-shaped corset, the S-bend corset, didn't come into vogue until about 1910. Oh, we were too early. We so were. a little bit too early. So good try. Good job. I love <laughs> we both guessed wrong, and he's like, good job, guys. You did so good. Okay, so the next question is, and this is, again, multiple choice. In what year did Christian Dior's The New Look revolutionize the fashion industry and put Paris back on the map as a reigning fashion capital of the world. Oh, oh my goodness. gosh. I have no idea. Okay, what are my what are our choices here? Is it A, 1935, B, 1961, C, 1947, and or D, 1953? I I'd go with B. B, 1961. 
I think I would go with the same. It's definitely not 1947. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so B is the answer. The correct answer is actually C. Stop it! No way! (laughs) That was what I thought too because I thought that would be too close to like world post-World War II stuff. So that's exactly correct. You're exactly right, Carol. Oh. So the um this is Christian Dior's new look. And so what it did was you're right, the Second World War was going on Mm -hmm. and a lot of fashion styles during the time were a lot more utilitarian. Right. Just like there wasn't a lot of resources. Um, things were made just like bare minimum and then Christian Dior created his first fashion line in 1947 that um, showcased this longer uh, skirt length which was below the knee as a as opposed to above the knee mm. and really cinched the waist and gave this really nice like kind of um, hourglass shape yeah. silhouette and he also softened the shoulders before this look um, a lot of the shoulders had pads, and it, again, that very utilitarian military style sort of. Um, and she's wearing gloves sort of too, mm-hmm. and a hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she's it really just, just that. yeah, it really just revolutionized um, kind of this feminine look that stays in vogue for a couple of decades. It That's really, such a beautiful outfit. Yeah, it's kind of romantic. For yeah, me. it and, totally like, is. Feminine and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Can we pause two. for one second? Yeah. The quiche is excellent. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's Sherry. really, really good. You guys, this is the first time I've ever made that quiche. Mm. It's so good. really good. I was worried, but it turned out okay. Thank you. The French toast, Carol. This is like, I'm, I had a huge piece and I'm still working on it. It's so good. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. I caught you during a bite again. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. Okay. Next question. Ready? Sorry. Yes. Okay. So what men's pant drastically changed men's fashion in the 1920s for the first time since essentially the Edwardian era of fashion? Edwardian era of fashion is predates Victorian era of fashion. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it A, the plus fours, B, the zoot suit trouser, C, Oxford trousers, mm. or D, A and C? I don't know. What was A again? So A is the plus fours, B is the zoot suit trouser, and C is the Oxford trouser. Zoot suit sounds like a 20s thing. I'm going with that one. I'm going with A and C. Okay. Sherry for the win. Oh! The plus fours and the Oxford trousers. Are we keeping score? We're not. We're both playing bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm competitive, like in my blood by nature from being an athlete, but um, we're not keeping score. Okay. This is all a win. It's all for fun. So these pants right here that you Mm. see on him are like a really wide brimmed pant. And you see it over here as well. And what this did, what this pant did was it kind of just like brought men into like 1920s because essentially men just wore the same style of suit throughout all of the 1800s and early 1900s um that was this kind of tailored leg and just a three-piece suit very classic sort of crisp and clean look this kind of made things a little bit more casual and it was popularized by oxford undergrad students on the rowing team Mm. they wore these pants Athletes like yourself, it took, yeah. Tuck it away. So there you go. The the Oxford trouser and the plus fours. 
Cool. Yeah. Kind of fun, right? I, like, don't know any of this. It's so interesting. I think it's interesting, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a great time. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're on question four of seven here. Question four is, what popular 1950s film began to influence youth fashion, ultimately causing a more more distinction between adults and children in fashion? Hmm. I have no clue. Is it A, Rebel Without a Cause in 1955, B, Rear Window in 1954, C, Cinderella in 1950, or D, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes in 1953? Gentlemen Prefer Blondes had Marilyn Monroe, Mm -hmm. Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, Rear Window is a Hitchcock film, obviously everyone knows what Cinderella is. I think I'm going to go with Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. James Dean was just an icon. I have I mean, no idea. That's really hard. <laughs> it is really hard. I, I made these tricky. It's hard. E, completely clueless. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it is A, Rebel Without a Cause. So what James Dean did, you're right, Sherry, he was this complete icon. <laughs> and this is where... <laughs> Pardon me. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> So this is a, a picture from the scene in Rebel Without a Cause, and featured here is this very lax look. It's just a white t-shirt, a red bomber jacket, jeans, and converse. Sneakers. So effortless. Still today, that look is so classic. effortless. So is, classic. Yeah, you could you could wear that today. Yeah. yeah. And it gave rise to sort of this youth rebellion. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna wear mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna be in my Sunday best mm-hmm. all of the time and co- sort of rebel. Yeah. And, yeah. And it just kind of revolutionized youth fashion. Smoking is not cool. Smoking. I just wanted to come out and say that, Sherry. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you. You're like, welcome. That's, yeah, that's a really important point. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was cool in the fifties for the kids. Oh no, it totally was. But like lung cancer, you know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right. I agree. Right. Okay, we are jumping many decades forward with questions. Okay. Five. Good. Okay. Who is the most gender-bending member of Queer Eye? So do you all know, mm-hmm. have you seen Queer Eye, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. So Queer Eye is this beautiful show that these five fabulous gay men come in and, like, make over an entire person's life. I need to watch, like, every episode. Yeah. I'm going to binge it the rest of the mm-hmm. winter. Well, you'll, yeah, you should, because the new season's coming out March 15th. This is not a sponsorship. I wish I was sponsored. But um, it's, like, going to be amazing. And cool. Carol, you're definitely going to cry. I so love crying so about makeovers, so yeah. this is great. Okay. It's a great show. Okay, so is it A, Bobby, B, Jonathan Vaness, C, Anthony, D, Caromo, or E, Tan? Who is the most gender bending? And gender bending kind of means, like for maybe for our listeners who might not know what that means, is sort of blurring the lines of fashion through mm. looks that are maybe more ambiguous or uh, like a guy wearing something that's perceived to be women's clothing, sort of just blurring the lines of gender, the binary gender. I don't have any idea. You got <laughs> me again. Um, I'll just guess. I'll go with E. But I, that's, it's just a guess. I think it's Jonathan because he's the only one I've heard of. 
Carol, you are correct. Carol, you nailed it. Yes! It is Jonathan (laughs) Vaness. So this is Jonathan in early 2019 wearing a beautiful poncho and, like, some little booty high heels and just, like, giving a really, like... Just great look. Like he feels. He looks like awesome. Awesome. He looks, I do like. He this looks look. awesome. I would wear this. Like I love a poncho. I think that he looks comfortable, confident, and like that's all that matters in fashion. I think he's comfortable wearing that, and he looks great. He looks great. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is a good question. Mm-hmm. All right, jump. This is a two for question. Oh boy. So gotta. This is about the nineteen sixties. Oh. Dang it, I just gave it away. Well, anyways, we know the answer now. Oh, that's funny. What, what was the question? Well, what decade did men's fashion start to deviate from the classic mm. suit to become a little bit more adventurous, colorful, and fun? I think I would have said the 60s. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got some, I've got some good decades in here, though, that make it difficult. I watched 60s or 70s, really. Yeah. I watched Even both of those videos that you sent us, and I loved them, and I have so many thoughts. Yeah. The videos were the 100 years of fashion for men and women up to 2015. They are great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, in the same decade, what style did Yves Saint Laurent popularize? Ooh. So this is why it's a twofer. So is it A, the 1970s and disco chic? No. B, the 1960s and color blocking? C, the 1980s and aerobic wear? Or D, the 1940s and cloche hats? Ooh. It's the 60s, it the is, color black. Yeah. It is the 60s. Yeah, I it gave is. it away. Yeah. So, okay. Um, what we see here is, like, men really change their style. So it's no longer the three-piece suit that everyone wears, no matter who you are. They're really sort of engaging with maybe even, like, some more feminine looks, like, with the neck scarf and higher pants a little bit, like, more colorful here. And then really important in the 60s, too, was this idea of color blocking, right? So this is where color blocking got its start. And now we, we've seen resurgence of color blocking as well in, early, in these past few decades as well. I love the guy in the white pants there. Yeah. Yeah. He's got white pants on, a brown belt, and then like a little like tie on the belt you as know, well. You know, like another like modern men's look that I like is a white belt. Do you, do you mm-hmm. know? I love that. Love I have a couple white belts. I love they're, white belts. They're like off white, but still. Yeah. So good. the silhouette of those pants, like the wider leg suit mm-hmm. pant, um, this is funny to me because there's a there's a suit in my husband's closet that was his father's back in the like the seventies or the eighties or something, and the the pant legs are so wide and it like still fits him. Like he could wear it, but it looks absurd yeah. like in our probably the like, 70s uh-huh. yeah it's like in our our day and age yeah. it looks ridiculous yeah. but it's really cool like it it's a cool, cool fashion piece it is cool i love that it might come back around yeah who knows but there's even if it does come back around there's always like a modern update yes. to the, the totally the trend so yeah. you could wear it but it might look Dated. Dated. Yeah. yeah. It's just a it's fun, so cool, like, though. a fun historical yeah. reference. Yeah. I think so. I love it. I love it, too. Okay. okay I'm next. just, like, thinking about, like, the pointing disco person, you know, on the dance floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This is the last question, last the question. final question. Oh, my gosh. We've gone through a lot of time and space and history, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about, like, some trends in fashion. Cool. And some other stuff, too. In... Which 1990s fashion style was inspired by punk rock and a rejection of almost all previous styles ever seen before? Which style? 
A, preppy, B, midriffs and miniskirts, C, the career woman look, or D, grunge? Grunge, yeah, for sure. Okay, there you go. For sure. Grunge, you're exactly right. So in the 1990s, we really see people like, or bands like Nirvana and punk Mm -hmm. metal bands really influencing the way that young people are dressing. Um, lots and lots of plaids, sort of this unkempt look, That, like, right? Pacific yes. Northwest, mm-hmm. Seattle vibe. Washington. Jam. Yes. Yeah. So that is the 1990s. And then you have the very other side of the 1990s, which is this huge preppy, like, Club Monaco mm-hmm. sort of looking situation. Yep. Sweater over yes. your shoulders, tag yeah. in the front. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Good job. That was so fun. <laughs> Preparing that, oh my we failed, but we didn't fail miserably. No. We had fun we while failing. We did. Look at us. I think what's interesting that both of you that I was hoping that the quiz would sort of like prompt was thinking about the historical context of things, right? And so yeah. you mentioned like the World Wars, and hmm. and we are talking about how things sort of reemerge and stuff like that. Yes. And so I would say that historically fashion trends are defined by the decades it's really those are the eras did i drink of, your coffee i don't know i don't think so are you sure yeah i've got cream in there oh okay yeah. okay then we're good we're good we're good so they're really <laughs> defined by the decades and usually each decade is a complete opposite of the previous mm-hmm. decade it's like a complete sort of um moving away from the previous era of fashion yeah i can see that and then you always see these very interesting re-emergence of mm-hmm. fashion, right? So, like, you have the grunge look in the 1990s, but historical fashion trends, you can trace that back to the kind of greaser, rebel without a cause yeah. looks yeah. that yeah. started during totally. that. And you can follow the lines of what influenced that line of fashion, and it'll get you to grunge in the 1990s. So, so what do you think is next for, for us in 2019? Moving into 2020. Yeah. A new decade. <sighs> I don't know. I think that we are seeing like a lot of like I think that technology is gonna continue to influence fashion. Hmm. Um, I also think that fashion is available in a way that it has never been before, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's not like fashion of the Victorian era, the the late eighteen hundreds. Sure. Where it was on high, right? Like it was coming down on high from the high classes of society, uh, where people had outfits for every single occasion, right? Like they had morning, like a breakfast oh, outfit, yeah, a lunch yeah. outfit, a dinner outfit, and like a walking outfit, right? Like so, it's not coming from that place anymore. Really, I think everyone's getting to define their fashion. So cool. Yeah, I like that trend. Yeah, I like it. You can feel comfortable in in, in what suits you, also. And not feel like you have to fit into mm. a certain style or look. And totally right, and it. Jonathan Van Ness is also a good example. He of is, that, right? Yes, yeah. He is. yeah. And then Carol, you said the World Wars. Again, fashion often replicates what's happening in society mm-hmm. or provides commentary on society. Yeah. Like I mentioned in my email that Gucci's new line is all like features pigs, which like the person walking by the street would be like, what is going on? But this year is actually the year of the. Um, of the pig in Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about like the civil war in the early 1910s and World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, uh, social movements like the women's movement, the sexual revolution, pop and R&B in the late, like later decades of the 1900s. 
And so that is some stuff that I think influences the general trends as well. If you go to Manhattan too and, you, and you've been there before and if you go to Fifth Avenue, you know, all the, all the shops on Fifth Avenue, their windows are so important, I think, mm-hmm. in defining fashion trends. Yeah. Um, I was there last summer. I'll go back. I love going back every year. But can I come next time? Absolutely. We're gonna do an on location. location. And if Brian's I'll living there, living and so we can visit him. Yes. It'll all come back. We have this plan where we're gonna be in a limo and pull up. And I don't run. remember <laughs> this. This, don't remember. I think this is your plan. I, maybe I'm making it up. But yeah, I, I think you are. We were gonna pull up in a limo and just get out, maybe in front of. Um, Gucci or yeah, anywhere Harry Winston, any of those shops on Fifth Avenue, awesome. and then just start and the give my husband a heart attack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He By the way, I'm in front of. Yeah, Gucci. he's like no. <laughs> no. I was ex- I was trying to explain to him. I don't know why I keep bringing him up, but anyway, it's probably because he's not here. He's great. Um, he is great. So. I was explaining to him like re- like high end resale, which is actually like really having a moment, like luxury. And I'm actually quoting someone else who said that earlier this week. My friend Emily Morris said that she said luxury is really having a moment, and she <laughs> she oh, studies man. like um, like marketing and analytics for um, retail. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, so people like have a limited amount of money, which is what she explained to me. Like young people have especially have a limited amount of money, and they're. Um, investing in like luxury pieces but sometimes turning into turning to consignment options because it's more economical but I was explaining to Adam that like a really nice like a Chanel bag that's really nice that's being consigned is still like two thousand dollars and he was like what like why would you ever pay two thousand dollars for anything you know for like six thousand yeah no kidding (laughs) or like brand new or whatever Adam what's a deal Uh, yeah I don't I don't think I'm going to convince them of that, but it was just interesting, <laughs> especially when you think about like men and women and their, sometimes their perspectives on fashion can be very different Yeah. Mm-hmm. or not, or more similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so interesting and fascinating. Um, the kind of ways that young people are being creative and finding solutions to fashion. Yeah. So. All right, we're going to chug forward. Okay. Can we continue to chug forward? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What's the next segment? Well, the other part about this one, I was thinking about how did we get here? And then I was thinking about triangulating other pieces, mm-hmm. too. I love how you bring this back around. Like, yeah. you're keeping us on, on topic. He's hosting us. Yes, I know, because we don't, we're usually all over the place. Yeah. We need you on every podcast. Different pieces, different places is being hosted today by <laughs> the Brian Allen. <laughs> Please don't. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so I was thinking about some technological advances through the decades that really mm. changed fashion. So yeah. Rapid fire. Here we go. We have the sewing machine in the late 1800s that changed how Huge. we made clothing, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have this beautiful thing called department stores. Ugh. So things like Beaumarche in Paris and Harrods in London and Macy's and Bloomingdale's and um, Bergdorf Goodman, who changed the way we bought clothing, who changed how we bought clothing, right? These big, massive productions, right? You would go, the high-class people would be where, um, particularly back in that time, women would spend their leisure time looking at things and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then we have the advent of uh, ready-to-wear in the early 1910s, right? So it's no longer you're taking your idea to a seamstress or a professional tailor. You're buying the pieces in the store. So that changed 
how the quantity of clothing was mm. made and how fast it was available. Now we have mail order catalogs in 1920. Wow, wowza. Like, so people are getting these shipped to their houses, mm-hmm. ordering them, sending in their money, sending it back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Great Depression happened, all those sort of things. Right. right. And so then skipping way fast forward, like uh, skipping a lot of technological advances. And then we started to outsource to other countries, mm-hmm. right? So this is where that kind of idea of fast fashion mm-hmm. came in. We're changing the quality of clothing and who is making the clothing, right? And so that's a whole conversation within itself of like the ethics. Oh my gosh, the ethics. The, the outsourcing of that, right? Yeah. And then we have the internet. Dun, dun, Amazon. Dun, right? So we have online we have online shopping and this changed the real t- retail world forever, right? Yeah. So we no longer have to interact with the stores. We can buy three or four sizes of the same thing, return which ones don't fit us, and kind of change the way that we interact with sort of the brick and mortar yeah. of stores and things like that. Do you think that in 30 years, shopping malls will be completely gone? I actually think that shopping malls are kind of like... They're already gone. Dying already. Yeah. Because what... What people want now is an experience, right? Like, when they go Mm -hmm. into a retail store, they're not looking to go in and just be, like, presented options. Mm -hmm. They want a whole experience, right? Like, I want you to take me through your brand. It's Mm -hmm. not like I'm picking up the t-shirt from Kmart anymore. It's like, I want to know why I should live, breathe, and, Mm -hmm. like, be excited about the entire Kmart brand. Right. And the attention. Isn't um, Kmart gone? Like yeah. I just of like thing, pulled but that I know, out. Of but, <laughs> but speaking of things that have like gone yeah. out, like I think Kmart's done, right? Yeah. It is around here. Yeah, I know that. But it's also, do you think along with that experience, it's also so I could see boutique shops, totally. and stores surviving because it is that experience. But it's also the attention of a sales associate um, with the customer. Mm. helping them figure out like not mm-hmm. everybody is an online shopper so um right as far as putting an outfit all together and that and that helpful guidance from a sales associate like this is your body type this is what yeah. color these are the colors that look well great on you and and that factors into it i think too um some people still like to go into a store for those reasons and then i think of other things too like shoes or winter boots where I I really want to try them on mm-hmm. yeah you know, before you and buy ha- and, and then the instant gratification of having being able to buy that pair of shoes right now mm-hmm. and walking out of the store with them versus having to wait you know two or three days which is not an eternity by any right. means right. but if you need something right now yeah totally and I think so then the question is is how do retail stores create that same experience yeah. right and mm-hmm. really make people live within their brand I think that is really where retail should be heading is like how are we taking like you know a store like J. Crew, for instance how are we taking the person from the entry point of the brand into living into J. Crew's like values mm-hmm. and moral I guess and like their whole entire brand right so I think it's yeah, totally fashion interesting. Fashion philosophy. Yeah. Well, like, this is a good example. So our friend Thea is, like, really obsessed with this brand, Everlane. Like, mm-hmm. she loves it. She, like, lives and breathes Everlane. She's so wow. into it. Like, almost everything she has is Everlane. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I'm sure if she's still listening to this, which I'm sure she's not, she's going to be like, no, that's <laughs> not true. But she really, really likes it. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like it's interesting. Like, I, I feel the same way where it's like you have really strong brand loyalty in some cases. And in other cases, I'm so into, like, thrifting and consigning right. things. Yeah. And it doesn't, the brand, the brand doesn't matter at all. I know. In any way, shape, or form. I think. It's just like, I like this piece. This is what I want. I think thrifting and consignment are going to become even more popular than they already are as people are paying attention to more things like ethics. Mm -hmm. And I think people like that Volunteers of America and Goodwill and things like that have like a philanthropic arm to them. And it's also that piece of like recycling and so much of the fashion industry is like horrible for the environment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. Very good points. That's right. So I think about how, like I was saying earlier, how we got here. And now it's like everyone, it's available to everybody, right? So whether or not fashion or fast fashion is good for the world, anyone can look like similar to what's on the runways in Paris. And that's something that has never been available before. That's such an interesting point. I could create a lot. That that used to be completely out of reach. Out of reach. Like you couldn't even consider it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why it's... Interesting too for blurring gender lines as well. Mm. This completely new era of like doesn't really matter what we wear, right? Like I, I'm more worried about the substance of somebody, like mm-hmm. who they are, their right. personality. Like that I want thing. that T-shirt that you're wearing right now. Yeah, right? I, mean, yeah. Like, I, I want to steal it. that from you. <laughs> it's right really now. cool. Thank you. I love it. Thanks. It fits you really well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So that's cutting edge too because I've never seen that t-shirt before. I haven't seen the dinosaur with the coach I know. logo. His I name know. is Rexy. It's like this is a new this coach is did a line. Brand new. Yeah. It's see, we don't see this because we're in the thrift store. Right, exactly. And <laughs> so. it hasn't made it to us yet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I think I'm gonna stop. I had like a little bit more about like the decades and things, but I think it those will be boring. So that is how we got here. I love it. Wow. That just, that's mind-blowing what you just did. I really, really liked it. Yeah, it was really, that was so educational. I learned so much. We have to have him back on. I know. We must. Okay. Yes. I'm in. You'll be a regular. Can I ask you, and I just want to ask you one question. Yeah, ask me any questions you have. I I made these notes last night. Yes, I have to admit, I had a glass of wine. Perfect. Or two, maybe. And (laughs) some of them are a little ridiculous, but the, the one that I started out with is... What's your fashion passion? Ooh. What is my fashion passion? And that could mean anything. Does anybody need more coffee? I'm okay, thank you. I'm good, for you. You're good? Okay, I'm getting more. What is my fashion passion? I think it's like, I really, the first thing that popped into my mind right when you asked that was like my kind of uniform, right? Like I think that I have really defined my look and like what, like, my uniform is a t-shirt, a blazer, jeans, and tennis shoes. And I love that. I feel I great that. in that. You can you can dress it up. You can dress it down. You can make it to happy hour. You can also get to work. Right? Yes. And so you look great. Mm-hmm. That would be my one of my fashion passions. I also really love um, blurring the gender lines a little bit. I, I think it's taken me a long time to be comfortable with uh, who I am. Um, and so... 
being able to have fun and feel confident in the times where I have blurred gender lines a little bit, like wearing a full body jumpsuit and a pair of heels. That's so cool. Or like, you know, doing drag or something like that. It's that that's fun and, and a passion as well. That's really cool. So, I good for you. I mean, you're so young. I, when you say it's taken you such a long time to feel comfortable, honestly, Brian, sometimes it takes people a lifetime. Yeah. So I think you're far ahead of Aww. Many, many people, and what a good point. it'll only get better from there. But oh, yeah, I love your look. I love it. I also and they look oh, really great in heels. Just no. saying. <laughs> you should have brought so, some. I know. They didn't look good with the outfit, so I was thinking about wearing them, but I didn't. What's so interesting is that I think that some people might think that that's like so like cutting edge or like revolutionary or like really different, you know? And I think in the 1960s, when women started wearing men's style clothing, mm-hmm. I mean, the reason I can wear pants today is because people like my Aunt Barbie, who in the late 1960s said, Dad, I'm wearing pants. Like, you can't tell me I can't wear pants. Women didn't wear pants. They didn't wear pants. No. Tell me about it, Sherry. <laughs> what was it like? Well, first of all, I love that her name is Barbie, and yeah. she's wearing pants, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we didn't, I guess, I mean, I'm more in the 80s, so. Sure, sure. So it had evolved yeah. at that point, but. It, it seems like... But you probably remember. I do remember. But what I remember more than anything, like, the 80s was just... We just went fashion crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because I think it was like being... Those restrictions... They um, were gone. Like they were gone. And people were mm. really, really experimenting with style. And it, sometimes it wasn't good. But they should also be <laughs> yeah. gone for everyone. You know what yeah. I mean? But So now I feel like we finally come into this. And, and that's why... You, you might feel more comfortable with your look and yeah. and branching out with your style because of the internet and because of shows like Queer Eye because we're exposed to more too and, yeah. and, and it makes us feel more comfortable mm-hmm. with our clothing and, and our choices and, and, and just fashion in general. Yeah. So I, I think it really started with the 60s. I mean, mm-hmm. you had the like, the I mean, the sexual revolution, people were upset about uh, Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. And all those sort of things a little bit later. And then, you know, we have, like, the hippies that are the psychedelic sort of revolution. And then music really started taking off yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Really, that completely changed. I love 80s music. music. Can I just say that? I love I 80s music. I just think, I mean, Madonna is who I always yep. think of when I think of the 80s and how she revolutionized music, women in music, and then her look. Yep. I mean, you know. Yes. Iconic. She is. Iconic. So. She is. There were many others, but I just think of her. And it's just her name too, just one mm-hmm. word, and that was. I mean, that was enough. You could be Sherry. She was just so huge. Yes. Where she just. I love that. You know, some parts of her were simple like that too, but. Um, so what yeah, are your just, fashion passions? Carol, you want to go? I have to think <laughs> um, about that for a sec. I think my fashion passion, if you will, has really evolved since we started this podcast. Ooh. So. Um, a friend, I visited a friend last weekend and she was talking about the podcast to, like, we were at a party. We were at the Valentine's party, which I've talked about on the show. Um, she was talking to her friends about this podcast, explaining what it is. And she was, I tried to, you know, in my own words, say what I thought it was. And she was like, no, 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 you're wrong. And I was like, what? (laughs) You're telling me that I'm wrong about my own show? And I was actually. So she was like, your podcast is all about making people feel good about, who they are and what they're yeah. doing and how they feel every day because you have you have to get dressed every day. Exactly. You might as well enjoy it. And I was like, you're making it sound so much more revolutionary, Ruthie. <laughs> 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 I 
but yeah, I think that's what I, where I'm at now. Like, love yourself and mm-hmm. do you. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about a lot of times, too, is, like, i got to get dressed, might as well look good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think that that can, I mean, it can change your attitude and your outlook right. for every day. Um, especially now, like, February and March. Those are hard months to get through Ooh. around here in yeah, Ohio. That's true. They really are. Um, Did so. you say Toledo, Ohio? Central Ohio. Oh, I was like, <laughs> Sherry, <laughs> not we're not in Toledo. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no Central Ohio, so, yeah. What about you, Sherry? Yeah. My fashion passion, that's a really hard one because I come at that from different viewpoints. You um, love fashion. I love it. And Same. I've talked about my grandma before and um, she kind of helped define how I feel about fashion and and how I've gotten to where I am. And, and consignment shopping and thrift mm-hmm. store shopping, are that's probably one of my most favorite things mm. to do. And I've said this over and over again and I love it. Not just because of the things that you mentioned, that it's economical and that it's good for the environment and the philanthropy piece of it, but I love um, the artistic part of fashion and putting an outfit together Mm. out of unexpected pieces in unexpected places. Oh, man. That's cheesy, isn't it? No, I love it. It Um, keeps coming up over and over over again. Over and over again, but that's the part. That's, for me, the passion is, is... Putting that all together, um, and and that's it's it's just I in fact I went to the thrift store uh, last night really? on Friday night, so and I was gonna bring some of my stash here today just to share. <laughs> me. I so I get so excited about it. It's like look at this, look at this. What can I do with this and that? So I love that. I, I, to answer your question, that's what it is. It's just mm. putting all of this together, whether it's casual or work or or whatever look you're trying to create. I think what I love about the stories that we shared is that they do answer partially how we got here. I know. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we ready to move into outfit of the day? We do our outfit of the day. Sure. Yeah. I think we're at a good close. Okay. We, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, I think we... Brian should start because yeah. he is our guest. Oh, my. Okay. So, <clears throat> I'm kind of doing like a, just a Sunday look. Right or Sunday look? It's it's, it's Saturday. Saturday. But you can wear it on it Sunday. is a Sunday look as well. It's just a plain, uh, kind of charcoal gray T-shirt. It's a coach T-shirt that ha- that has been embroidered in this beautiful rust brown with like the coach yeah. emblem and things like that. And I have a pair of like light wash distressed denim on, um, and a navy. Gucci belt. Love it. <laughs> that is like one of my Paris pieces that I love and cherish so much. And then I That's have awesome. these. It's great. It's a great belt. Yeah. I think it's so much fun. And then I have these wonderfully Chuck like Chuck Taylors, but they're these this beautiful sweet. red they're suede. Really fun. They're awesome. And they're just like one of my favorite pieces. I got them as a gift. Uh, for my birthday one year for my very best friend Campbell. They're really well. pretty. I've never seen chucks like that before. I know. They, you've Swear. kept them so nice. Yeah. Uh, I've even worn them out before. And wow. they're just, yeah. they're so great. I just thought it was kind of fun. You know, I think that the piece that's the funnest about this is the red. Yeah. It's kind of a pop of color down there. I was thinking about wearing white to my shoes, but I was like, love no, it. I'm going to have fun. Yeah, I love that. So, Can we also should. talk about your watch, Brian? Because, like, for me, for, for me, yeah. I've, you mentioned your belt. I think a belt, 
Sherry is about to say accessories make the outfit. I <laughs> know do. it. But I have taught my boys. I have three, <laughs> they, they totally do because you can have on a pair. I mean, of old jeans or what. I mean, mm-hmm. but if you pull together with a good, especially for a man, a good belt and a, a nice watch yeah. and whatever shoes, whatever that look, you're, you're set. And so your watch caught my eye too because uh, I'm always telling my boys. You yeah. gotta have a watch. You can't go out the door without one. It's a beautiful. It's one of my favorite watches. Um, I. It was also a gift for my birthday as well. Mm. It is a, a a Marc Jacobs watch that has a brown camel leather strap, and then it has a this uh, like electric face. blue yeah. face. That's gorgeous. It's super cool. And it's a good pop of color for every outfit. Like it doesn't go, it matches every mm-hmm. outfit and it's just like fun. It's and awesome. I love it. I love it. So that's me. I love it. Your eyewear too. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. An accessory. Yeah. 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 These are my new glasses that I got this year. They're I like that. Sort of like, um, they have a round bottom and they're half, they're half like a two-tone half. I love it. Tom Ford glass. Nice. And I'm saying nice. a lot of brands today. That's okay. I'm sorry. Why? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's totally fine. Okay. Well, you, great. Carol. Thank you. Um. Well, <laughs> I sort of got dressed in a hurry today because I was posting this brunch, and you know how it is on a Saturday morning. You're like, oh, I need to clean, and I'm doing this and whatever. And so, um, I'm wearing these like pleather leggings which are really fun just for the weekend yeah. they're um, killer i love them they're I really great them. with a black like a black top like t-shirt top that i really like um i don't know maybe it's more of like a t-shirt blouse um a black and white striped sweater a couple of bangle bracelets and i'll show up or i'll stand up and i'll show you my shoes those are they are like the oh, I love them so much. cowboy boots mm-hmm. with fringe that I found at a random store when I was on a bachelorette weekend <laughs> in Norris Lake, Tennessee. Oh my. It's a store called Hammers. Uh-huh. It is so random. My friend's mom, Nancy, she like loves the store. We go there every time I go with her family. And I got these boots for like $8. Oh my God. They're awesome. They're so cute. They're, they're really, really cute. Really I've fun. seen those boots before. Yeah, they're so cute. They're really fun. Yeah. They're really fun. And Adam's walking in the door. Maybe he'll say hi. Hi, Adam. Adam. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Sherry, outfit of the day. I, you guys, I'm totally rocking a Saturday vibe today, and I, I gotta tell you, I, um, I, it's just really casual. I have some plans after this, so I wanted to just be comfortable today. So I'm just, I'm wearing a. A purple sort of shaker knit sweater and it's off the shoulder. One, really cute. One side is yeah, it's angled, so one side is off the shoulder. And kind I, of eighties, but is in a modern 80s, way. But it, I think I'm just pushing spring, like smooth. Yeah. I'm I'm pushing it because I want it to be here. And then just a pair of skinny jeans. I do have on my um, cowboy boots. Yes, they're black cherry. Um, I got these on eBay for I like twenty it. bucks. So they're awesome. They're my so favorites. Awesome. They're really great. Yeah, so that's oh it. That's so cool. Um, I Brian suggested that we wrap up this episode with a teaser for our next one. So um, I'm yeah. going to read to you all a description that was sent in by our next guest. Um, Before we do that, I just yeah. want to thank you both oh so my much gosh. for me. Brian. Seriously, like, thank this was so much you. fun. Like, I had a blast. blast, and I'm glad I got to share part of 
um, how I got here with you over email and everything. So it was Thank like, you. Like, love you I think so we much. should continue. Like, <clears throat> we, we should bring how did we get here into our podcast more, um, more often just because of how yeah. it really enhanced what we did today. Oh, oh you took it. it to the next you level. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Brian. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, so with that, I'll share um, a teaser for our next episode featuring Neelam Patel, who is a coworker of ours. I saw Neelam yesterday. She's very excited. She's excited, yeah. <laughs> um, so she sent in this description to me, and I asked her if I could read it directly, like verbatim, and she was like, go for it, and she was cracking up. Um so, Neelam is a self-described reformed East Coast fashionista who spent almost four years in a mountain west town, so she doesn't know how to dress anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. There's a lot of layers in there. I'm really excited. Um, also, I just realized that we've been recording for almost an hour, which is insane. Um, so, we really need to wrap it up. But thanks, everyone, and thanks especially to Brian, thanks, for, Brian. for hosting us today. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.